We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How to win a half a million dollars in the FFPC main event. That's what we're talking about this week on Stealing Bananas. We already did the half a million dollars show for the uh, the Football Guys Championship, so we're counting our, our first million here, Sean. I'm Ben Gretsch. You can find me on Twitter at YarsBerGretsch. Find my Substack at bengretsch.substack.com. Joined, as always, by Sean Siegel, who you can find at Rotoviz. Writing all the wide receiver breakout articles now. Obviously, the zero RB targets are out there. Everything you need to know. Sean, you excited about uh, yet another draft from the nine position? I am. This will be number four, right? So, I mean, with experience should come competency, right? We're, uh, we, we have a pick that's close to what we had in the FBG. So, if we want to take some of the same players and, and kind of make sure we do get that full million, we can do that today, Ben. Or we can diversify a little bit. One of the things that we hope is fun about this show, we're going to obviously go into a lot of depth on the players that we're considering. And so it'll give you an inside look at our board, which you can then take for your big drafts this weekend, next week. Obviously, these next five, six days, Ben, are, are the most fun days in all of fantasy football. We have a couple more days before the games start and prove that we were incorrect on things. And so we have this little bit of a honeymoon period here and just drafting is the most fun. So we're looking forward to this. Also, we're going to be requiring the person who sort of wins the argument for the guy at the spot to make the case for why that player will be the reason that we win the half a million dollars. So Ben, you're going to have to have some of your bold predictions ready. Are are you feeling pretty feisty in in terms of uh, the guys that we're going to take here? Well, it's funny. We're we're drafting this at 10 a.m. my time. You know, usually I'm a little feisty in the in the evenings when I've had a maybe a drink or two. I'm, I'm not going to be drinking during this broadcast, so we'll see how feisty I can get. I'm a little bit more subdued in the morning, you know, just generally speaking, only a little bit. We did we did have a lot of fun the other night with the ship chasing guys. So we have we have the same slot. We could end up with a very similar draft, or we could end up with one that's quite a bit different. And we are underway now, Sean. The first few picks are off the board, sort of what you'd expect. McCaffrey, Kelsey, Cook, Kamara. 105 is on the clock. We're at 109. What are we thinking at this first turn? Same as always. (laughs) Same as always, right. We're looking at these three wide receivers. We have Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill, Stephon Diggs, 
Darren Waller becomes interesting, Ben, every draft. If you're drafting out of the back half, there is this question. Do you want Waller? Do you want Kittle? Do you want Hawkinson? In order to compete with the teams who get to have these top running backs or Travis Kelsey, you almost have to have one of those three tight ends just to have something that could tilt the playing field back in your direction. Or I, I suppose we could throw Kyle Pitts in there too if you wanted to. But yes, I completely agree. If you wanted to buy the Kyle Pitts is going to be absolutely phenomenal as a rookie. Um, I think you could throw him in there as well. But yeah, and he's not necessarily coming back to the 309. Right. Uh, but he does he does occasionally. He is a little bit more kind of that team that's the four through seven range in terms of draft slot. Uh, he makes a lot of sense for those teams. Then I've got a couple of Tyreek Hill, one Stefan Diggs now in the main events. Uh, do you have a preference between these two? Obviously, you've got the great yards per Gretsch segment where you say Stefan Diggs is going to be the wide receiver one this season. Tyreek Hill, the kind of guy who can have those mega performances down the stretch to win the whole thing. Now, we know Stefan Diggs, I mean, like 30 points a game in the fantasy playoffs last year. He can obviously do it. Both of these guys have the potential to do it wide receiver, what people are tending to think about in terms of exclusively running backs. Uh, do you have a preference? Both guys are here. Derrick Henry goes with the 108. I, I like Hill. You and I talked a little bit about it, and certainly his single-week upside in this format. You basically get three shots at Tyreek Hill putting a 50-point week on the board. Also, for me, I have three uh, shares of Stefan Diggs and no Tyreek Hill in the main event right now. So I, I lean Hill. Okay. But I, could, I can always do more Diggs. We're going to go Hill. This one, we're not going to get anywhere close to timing out. That obviously gives you a good feeling starting out in round one, not taking it down to the last five seconds. Ben, you now need to make a bold prediction about how he is going to do what you just suggested oh, that he could do. Yeah, that's super easy. I mean, go back and look at the Tampa Bay game during the regular season last year at the Super Bowl. Had over 200 yards and multiple touchdowns in the first quarter. He ended up with just a ridiculous line, something like 13 for 270 and three TDs. All he really has to do is, is have one of those types of Tyreek Hill explosions, and that's, that's I think, probably his biggest game of his career, but not his only explosion. He does that one time in weeks 15 to 17, and we're in that that contest. He's the must-have player. He's the player at the back of the first round that can can compete with with a legendary you know running back performance in in the front of the of the first round. Nobody's going to be able to stack both those players on a roster, and so now we have this player at the back of the first round. The bold prediction is who scored 100 points over, and I would say 100 110 over those three weeks. 110 would be fantastic. And I do think that that is possible to have the Bengals in week 17, which is a game that we'll likely be targeting later in our draft, kind of put those two teams together, see uh, if they can get up to that kind of Chiefs Rams game that we saw several years ago where both teams finished in the 40s. Ben, we've gotten to the end of round one here, and Stefan Diggs has not gone. So there's at least that slight, tiny little chance that he could come back. To us, I think that would be an absolute home run if he did. The running backs were still available. Saquon Barkley, Najee Harris. We talked about Harris for quite a while after the show the other night with Pat Corrine, trying to figure out if he has this legendary upside. I kind of went back and looked at some of these rookie running backs in the past. Sort of after that conversation, we'll have an article out on the site this weekend, sort of looking at Harris. We do have some guys who have done it in the past with a Saquon Barkley, with an Ezekiel Elliott. Now, Elliott did it on a ton of efficiency there, and I don't think that Harris really has that path. 
We have someone like Trent Richardson who actually had the profile and underperformed, still scored 17 points per game. It's kind of a weird deal here where I've been saying Najee Harris could be Trent Richardson, but if he actually is Trent Richardson as a rookie, he would do exactly what you need in this spot. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I think with all the other question marks, it's certainly become more appealing, especially the way Pittsburgh has used their lead backs in the past. The fact that they, the fact that they cut Jalen Samuels, very kind of small thing. They didn't use him a ton last year, but just more indication that Najee's going to play on passing downs. Anthony McFarland to IR. You have Benny Snell and Kalen Balazs as two direct backups. Snell's not a passing down player. Kalen Balazs is just not good. So Saquon Barkley goes here. One pick before us. Diggs does go off the board. I'm comfortable with it, Sean. Yeah, for me, this is Harris or Justin Jefferson. We do have a little bit of that question of, you know, is Kirk Cousins going to miss three, four weeks and really torpedo the upside there? Jefferson also with some more ceiling now that Irv Smith is out and Jefferson's ceiling already through the roof. You kind of have a preference structurally on how you'd like to go? Uh, I think I like Harris. I think I like Harris from a structural perspective because there are a lot of receiver bets that we want to make in rounds four, five, six, seven. We could go zero RB. I've done that in a number of these, but I don't mind getting sort of the anchor running back and then going that way. It gives us a lot of flexibility to to really punt off running back into the later rounds and just trust that Harris is going to get all the touches. He's going to be a stable producer. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, it's 10 a.m. I'm feeling a little, I'm feeling a little frisky. So what's, what is your bold prediction for Najee Harris? Exactly what I like to hear there. Yes. So I kind of floated Harris. We went that direction. I'm going to say that he is going to average 18 expected points per game in the projections that I have that I will kind of uh, put with this article about who to target at running back in rounds one and two, who to avoid, what profiles we're looking at. I have him projected to go under on fantasy points over expectation. So to actually hit down to that 17 point per game range instead of where he is on EP. But for this to win the $500,000, we're going to say that he actually breaks some of these runs. Now, one of the things we talked about with Pat is that Dave Cabin in the breakaway rush score, it shows that uh, despite the athleticism for Harris, he was not the guy creating these big runs, especially when you consider Alabama's front and their overall offense. That's a pretty big red flag. And when you consider the Steelers' offensive line, it doesn't seem like a great fit. But I think that Najee Harris is going to go out there now with the situation they have. Ben Roethlisberger may be a little bit uh, less than he was in terms of the arm strength and the ability to push the ball down the field. They are going to move the ball. They are going to score touchdowns. Harris is going to be the beneficiary of that. But I think he's going to be the number four back in total receptions behind CMC, Kamara, and Austin Eckler. I think he's going to press the closer to that group maybe than the group behind him. And he's going to have three seven-plus reception games in the three weeks. And that third one will push us to the half million. Love it. And, and to be clear, when you're saying you think these things, you think these things within the context of what we're doing for the show, which is that for every pick, we're going to give a bold prediction what we think the sort of upside scenario is for the player. You don't actually think that Najee Harris is certainly going to be fourth and running back receptions, but it is a very feasible outcome. That's the big thing that we're both sort of locking onto lately. You have emphasized very, very well and very strongly that these, these really high uh, upside running back seasons come through expected points profiles that look a little bit more balanced on the rushing and, and receiving side. 
if Harris is inefficient on what are essentially low value touches, which is the way that I, I like to look at it, this high value touch concept, but he's getting plenty of high value touches, there is still upside. And so you're saying he's going to have a ton of expected points. He's going to have a ton of receptions. That is very valuable. Still probably not our favorite pick, but you know, when you've picked in the nine hole 1700 times, then you got to get, you got to get a running back that has the potential to catch 70 passes at least once. We do. We do. And the next couple of picks were DeAndre Hopkins, DK Metcalf. Kittle goes off in the middle to the drafter who had Darren Waller. So there's going to be a little bit more tight end constriction even than normal Kyle Pitts at the 301. So the tight ends going early. Ben, that uh, raises a, an early red flag for us or a, a warning side, a danger flashing here. Uh, Hawkinson is our pick in round three. He's going in early round four in the last 72 hours, according to ADP. But now I'm terrified he's not going to make it back. Yeah, we're still six picks away. You mentioned Pitts went off at 301. Uh, and you mentioned that one drafter has already taken two tight ends. And so I share your your fear. CD Lamb goes. He had come around the turn, and he goes at 303. Most of the running backs are gone that we see go here. Clyde edwards goes now. The last that I have in, in this tier is DeAndre Swift, but he's been falling quite a bit. Uh, we have to hope for somebody to, to come grab, you know, Chris Carson and James Robinson and David Montgomery and all of those things. And we need some guys to maybe take an Alan Robinson or Robert Woods and Amari Patrick Cooper. Mahomes. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes is a helpful pick. That is, that is, that will move some of the guys down. And Alan Robinson does go. We are two picks away now. And, and the Mahomes and Robinson pick are the ones that we were sort of hoping for. Now it's possible. McLaurin is still there. Yeah, and McLaurin is somebody I've said I want, but that there's a very tiny, tiny little range where you oh, can actually Chris get Chris Carson goes. Now it, it's feeling... Oh, yeah. It's going to be either McLaurin or Hawkinson here, so we're, yes. we're safe. Yeah. We're very comfortable. Now, McLaurin at 309 would be very nice. Uh, very, I think a strong chance he goes here, though, at 308, which would give us our target, Hawkinson. That was a very nice run out in the middle of the third round with Mahomes, Robinson, and Carson all going off the board, none of whom are, are going to be big targets for us. Do you have a preference here? I mean, McLaurin would be a, a very exciting pick at the 309. I just want to take a second to thank you for tuning in to today's show. My name is Colin Kelly, co-host of the Road of His Overtime podcast, along with the great Sean Siegel. We do appreciate each and every listener, and as a thank you to each of you, you can get yourself a 10% discount to a Road of His NFL pass. We're heading at full speed towards the season make sure you're ready get yourself access to all the content and tools up on the road of his website all you have to do is add the code rv radio 2021 at checkout to get yourself that 10 percent discount now let's go and dominate those fantasy leagues in 2021 we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm there. Yeah, I still have McLaurin even ahead of DJ Moore, who I'm aggressively high on and have, I think, in every main so far and uh, almost want when James Robinson goes off the board. So we do have our choice. Oh, that's interesting. So Waller went at the at the none of the guys behind us have tight ends. Yeah, he's not going to make it. He's not going to make it back. But I we do. need to we need to be doing this live and and saying Hawkinson, he's hurt. You can't you can't afford to draft him. There's just no way. And he's got to <laughs> fall into the middle of round four. I I am very much on board with taking Terry McLaurin here. So Ben, we're going to take McLaurin. Tell us why his profile is a guy where he actually should be in round two and will help us win the half a million dollars. Well, there's a little bit of concern with the targets per out run, my favorite stat. He hasn't generated a ton of targets per out run, but he runs an insane amount of routes. He's a clear number one. Obviously, Ryan Fitzpatrick is a boost to the entire passing game. Ryan Fitzpatrick's receivers have been very profitable, so to speak, in, in fantasy in recent years. I think the the positive note or or the, the positive upside spin from McLaurin maybe is that because there are a few more targets here, he gets a little bit more freedom. He becomes Ryan Fitzpatrick's favorite option, uh, gets a little bit more one-on-one coverage is sort of what I'm saying. And, and suddenly his targets per out run does you know, have some room to go up. Suddenly it bumps up a little bit, but he continues to run tons of routes, continues to be very good uh, at, at bringing in balls and, and generating yards uh, once the target is earned. And suddenly he's, he's looking like a superstar. That wasn't a very good hot take. But well, he's no, kind I mean, of like the most no. boring, <laughs> boring profile to try to hot take. Washington wins 12 games and Terry McLaurin scores 12 touchdowns. There, there's my bull take. Like that, that will definitely work for us. So, you know, I, I've been saying that Fitzpatrick is going to be a top 10 QB. If that were to happen, then we would be in great shape with McLaurin. He's somebody who is consistently or over the last two seasons has kind of been underperforming his air yards profile. And people can get, you know, overly enthusiastic with that element of it. It can be a thing that actually torpedoes a receiver. Like we saw from you know, DJ Moore last season. And yet at the same time, if you look at the last two years, Terry McLaurin, one of the very top guys in terms of not only overall air yards, but percentage of his team air yards, he was third last year. I think he was in that same position a season ago, the two guys. Okay. We're going to need to pick. Four picks have come off, and none of them have been TJ Hawkinson. None of them Hawkinson. DeAndre Swift did go. David Montgomery went. Amari Cooper went. Robert Woods went. How how excited are you right now? Well, then we're finally doing a draft where it's not exclusively people drafting for Amari. No. It is is fun to have some people in here who maybe have a different approach. It doesn't mean that they're wrong, but it does make it so that we can get some of our guys 
Terry McLaurin going to pay off those air yards last season, the guy ahead of him in terms of team percentage, Calvin Ridley, obviously he was a smash winning pick. Yeah, we're, we're two picks away here. The guys that we have, and then we talked about this a little bit before the show, we definitely are looking at TJ Hawkinson, but uh, DJ Moore, almost a hundred percent on, right? We're looking at T Higgins. If Hawkinson is gone. Yeah, absolutely. I'm very excited to get T. Higgins if Hawkinson goes. We're now one pick away. Javante Williams just went at the 402. That's the highest I think I've seen him go. And this drafter didn't snap up Hawkinson right away. They're running the clock a little. So maybe we will have an opportunity to grab him here. Do not have T. Higgins in a main event yet. I I would really like to get him, even if it means taking him over DJ Moore, who I've been drafting over Higgins, just to get a little bit of diversification we talked about that a little bit before, and that has been our target here at 404, but Hawkinson was our target at 309. I, I mean, there's also this, oh, and he is available. Josh Allen goes off the board. I think we have to take Hawkinson, right? We, we get this opportunity for a very unique build as well, because I don't think there's going to be a lot of teams that have McLaurin and Hawkinson on the same roster. No, they're definitely not. And Hawkinson allows us here to have that tight end who could – challenge the superstars in targets now we don't expect him to be as efficient with jerry goff with the defensive attention and yet he was so good before this injury that kind of derailed his buzz i mean i think that the only reason that he's anywhere close to this range is that he did have to miss some practices and that kept people quiet on just how ridiculously dominant he had been in detroit's training camp you look at his profile coming into college I'm going to go ahead and pick him. Yeah. Here. So, <laughs> the clock's running down. You're, you're scaring me just a little bit. <laughs> no, we, we had 17 seconds. We're, we're in the clear, but I did want to click on it. Yeah. You have Hawkinson with the profile coming in. You have the sort of little jump that he made last year. You have this year three potential explosion for Hawkinson. Ben, Hawkinson is going to lead the NFL in tight end targets. He's going to be neutral in efficiency, and he's going to come in closer to Kelsey and Waller than he comes to the tight end six, right? So we're essentially saying we have this tier of five. He's going to be kind of up there. The thing that we have had happen last season, it was Kelsey, Waller, and then this gap that was just insane. He's going to be not he's going to be closer to the top guys than the bottom guys, which at this price, as opposed to a round one price is going to make him an absolute slam dunk league winner. It's going to make him a smash. I mean, and, and that's something we talked about. I think the reception side in, in, in um, 10 and premium is an easy way to talk about this. Kelsey and Waller had 105 and 107 catches last year. The next highest at the tight end position was 72. Then, then it was Hawkinson. And that was Logan Thomas. Hawkinson was in fourth at 67. So that's how big that gap was. Kelsey and Waller both had a 50, uh, excuse me, a 30 catch gap over the every other tight end. And you're talking about, it was, it was actually more than 32 catches. Talk about over 16 games, 32 catches is two catches a game in, in tight end premium. That's three points per game, or it's at least an additional point if you're only talking about tight end premium versus PPR. Regardless, the, the two receptions, not even considering the yards, not even considering the additional product, production that comes with that. That gap was so large. And then what you're saying is that Hawkinson is going to settle in that gap. And he's going to be not only in that gap, but closer to those elite players than 
the rest of the field. I love it. That's that's what I'm expecting as well. I don't even think that's a hot take. Well, then now through four rounds, we have Tyreek Hill, Najee Harris, Terry McLaurin, TJ Hawkinson. If there's a little bit of sad news, T. Higgins does go at the 410, DJ Moore at the 411. Uh, it would have been basically <laughs> impossible for them to come back around. But we've seen some crazy things in this draft. You will have unusual things happen in some given drafts. ADP is is pretty clear in these early rounds, but that doesn't mean uh, a miracle won't happen. That kind of thing isn't going to happen here. But there are some people in round five who do hold some uh, pizzazz, could still make it a fun pick. Yeah, absolutely. Um you know, there, there, when we were taking Hawkinson and talking about Higgins, there was that small thought in the back of our minds, obviously, that, you know, T. Higgins has has made it back before. But then there's the other player we were just talking about before the show that you would really like to get some exposure to. I, I do already have on one roster, but he is an upside receiver that you're going to give the bull case for if we pick. And it would, he's going at 5.07 lately, and he is still there. So we are now at 5.03. A number of receivers have gone off. In fact, since our Hawkinson pick, Andrews went, but the other three, six, nine picks have all been wide receiver. It's Mike Evans, Cooper Cup, Chris Godwin, Tyler Lockett, T. Higgins, DJ Moore, Julio Jones, Adam Thielen, Deontay Johnson, and then another receiver goes, the guy that I was just uh, alluding to. It's Jerry Judy going at 5.03. So, Sean, that's a little bit rough because we started with an early running back and an early tight end. We've now seen 10 out of 11 picks go wide receiver, and it is really thinning out that position, which we really want to be targeting here. So I think I have to ask you then about Brandon Ayuk. He's someone I haven't been drafting because I think you have to get that exposure through Debo Samuel. I think the scenarios for them are are really fairly close together, even though – Ayuk, the guy who probably can emerge as the superstar, I think that in some ways is more relevant in 2022. But, you know, maybe Lance comes out and can do it all right away. We debated this a little bit with the ship chasing guys. On San Francisco, do you think there's going to be enough pass volume to get exposure to these guys? I mean, if Ayuk falls through here, we're kind of looking at Ayuk, perhaps a Chase Claypool or you know, compromise picks at running back, or maybe getting other. Are you are you out on Jamar Chase? Not necessarily out. It is a situation where Tyler Boyd also appealing a little bit less expensive, but the five hundred nine gets to be a little bit tricky here. So IU goes. We don't have to debate that one. It's looking like Chase and Claypool. Do you think that the second year guy is the clear advantage in terms of sort of overall upside? There's a lot to like in Claypool's upside profile, certainly. You know, his his snaps being cut a little bit down the stretch last year was concerning. We do already have this Najee Harris pick that is at least a little bit, in my mind, of a bet on Pittsburgh's offense being reasonably decent, on, on Ben Roethlisberger not being completely dust. And, and I think in that regard, I actually like sort of the idea of pairing the two because if Pittsburgh's offense is at least, you know, mediocre or potentially above average, I mean, if they're really, really bad, then Najee Harris is not a good pick at 203 or 204. So that does make me lean, I think, a little bit more towards Claypool, even though I think some people would think opposite that because you have Harris, you don't want the receiver. I, I think the two of them pair well together, personally. What do you think about that? I think it's going to give us some weekly floor, which 
is nice in this type of a league. I mean, we're not trying to maximize individual weeks. We want the overall scoring to work, and we do uh, want a tiny little bit of consistency. I think we've made a little bit of a bet against Roethlisberger's arm with the dump-offs to Harris, but at the same time, that doesn't mean that, that Claypool couldn't also break out. Do you have one of the two players you want more exposure to? We talked about getting a little bit of the Bengals to kind of go with this Chiefs play early. Chase isn't the last guy, but... I would be totally fine with that. I actually like that a lot. Uh, and I have Chase ranked higher than Claypool. I'm, so, I'm, I'm good with either. And I, that that, that uh, Ben Roethlisberger arm point, I think, is a very good one as well. Who did you who'd you click? I was – oh, Chase, good. Yeah, I like that. I like that. And we could take we could take Boyd still. You, you, to your point about the Tyree Kill thing, this is probably something that should have been mentioned in the, in the hot take, but the Chiefs have a very nice playoff schedule, and one of those games, the, the final week, is against the Bengals. It could be an absolute shootout. We're kind of already betting on that. We're betting on Tyreek Hill having this massive game. And so in that regard, we're also betting on the Bengals being this really fun pass offense that, that generates a ton of points. It would be really nice to have a player on the opposite side of that in sort of the DFS perspective. It's a, it's a really nice pick to, to have that pairing. Then you have, you, you switched us to chase at the end. I loved it. It feels like your hot take now has got to be along the lines of despite the slow start in training camp, Chase emerges down the stretch and threatens his former college teammates' rookie receiving records. Yeah, I think you just gave it. <laughs> I think you just gave the hot take. Good, good work. That was, that was impressive. So everyone, stay tuned for episode two. We'll continue to take you through this draft We'll see who we get at round six. It's going to be a very controversial selection. We may reach by more than a round here. So I'm Sean Siegel, and with me is Ben Gretsch, whom you can follow at Yards Per Gretsch. Make sure you check out Stealing Signals. This is the time to have your subscription to the best fantasy newsletter in the industry, week one, week two. You've got to find out what the signal, what the noise, how you have to approach waivers to win your league in those first couple of weeks. Make sure you subscribe now. We're doing a fantastic work over at Rotoviz. Dave, Curtis, Blair, and the gang, Matt Spencer, a lot of cool stuff. We've got a bunch of new writers. If you haven't been reading them, make sure you check them out. The tools, as ever, are worth the price of admission. If you want to get a discount on that, you can enter the code RVRADIO2021 at discount. You'll get 10% off. Uh, please subscribe to our feed, see the bananas. You guys have been doing that. It's been absolutely amazing. We love sharing the show with you. You'll get it as soon as it releases by having that subscription. And uh, if you can, leave us a rating and review. You guys have done an amazing job there. We appreciate all of the fantastic feedback. The community has been great. We're looking forward to the end season with you. Our shows coming up should be a lot of fun. And uh, as you go through this last week, the best week in fantasy, enjoy, draft well, good luck. We'll talk to you soon.